To hustle or not to hustle? That is the question. Sure, I mean, it sounds nice not to hustle, right? Like, I choose that one. But really, sometimes we kind of have to. So I have some ideas about all of this, and I want to dive into them today. Welcome to Big Fun Content, the show that helps you stand out from everyone else in your industry by building a brand you love and creating content that's impossible to ignore. I'm your host, Deanna Seymour, a graphic designer who creates high-energy visuals and short-form videos for some of the sassiest, boldest, most rebellious online businesses out there. Are you ready to up the fun in your content? Let's get started. All right, I just wrapped up the Anti-Hustle Holiday Series, and I was thinking about a few things. Number one, what does it even mean to hustle? Number two, I definitely have hustled and probably will hustle again in my business. So am I a poser for doing an anti-hustle holiday series? We'll talk about it. And number three, how can you build a business where you don't have to hustle? But here's the kicker, also where you don't exploit anyone else. That's the trick because, right, we all know Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let me not get ahead of myself. Okay, we're going to talk about those three things today. So let's talk about what does it even mean to hustle. Hustle to me is about working around the clock, feeling like you can't sleep and that you just have to keep working. Like there's never enough time, right? You're Jesse Spano in that episode, like, I'm so excited. I'm so scared, right? You're just working, working, working. Or you just have to keep pushing through. Like you feel yourself feel your body wanting to stop and you're just like pushing it. Even if you're cranky, your kids are complaining about it, your partner's asking to spend more time with you, but you are like, no, 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 I got to do this. I am busy AF. And that was like extreme. Like the way I described it was pretty extreme. I don't think I've ever, maybe I might not have ever hustled that hard, but sometimes it's going to happen in your business, right? I mean, think back to your job. If you're still working in your job, then you know what I'm talking about. As an art teacher, I remember in the spring, we'd do a big art show and I would have to stay late and I would have to like mat all the artwork and label all the artwork and go hang up the art show. And then a couple days later, go take down the art show. That was sort of a hustle weekend. Well, building up to it, more stuff. But there's times when you're going to hustle. So like when you first start your business, there's a lot that has to be done. And actually Phoebe Gavin talks about this in her episode on this very podcast about when you're first starting, if you want to replace your income, you know, hustling in the beginning, but knowing there's like a stop date. If you want to grow your email list, there's some things you have to put in place. I'm just putting that as like one of the first things you do, right? And you have to figure out what platform you want to use. That takes time to research and figure that out. Or you just use ConvertKit like me. Just kidding. (laughs) I'm not an affiliate, I don't think. Then you have to create your opt-in, right? And then you have to maybe make a landing page and you got to start promoting it and you have to set up the sequence to email them the freebie. And you have to tell your email provider to send them the welcome sequence. And then you're like, oh shoot, I have to write a welcome sequence. (laughs) And then you have to make an automation to tag them so that they get your weekly emails. And you're like, oh my God, okay, that was a lot. But during that week, your family might be like, God, mom, you're like on your laptop a lot. And you're like, yeah, man, I got to write this welcome sequence. I got to make this landing page. And maybe like things aren't like teching the way you want them to tech. Maybe Mercury's in retrograde. But you know, like once you get that up, then hopefully that hustle slows down. You get it up and then you just start sharing that landing page and growing your list. You get to chill out and maybe just send an email once a week, right? So that's like an ebb and a flow. To me, that's normal hustle. 
like to your partner, you can say, oh yeah, I'm going to be really busy this week setting this up, but I can totally hang next week. I feel like the problem is when next week you also all of a sudden have something else super important and then they never stop coming. So if just to take the email example, like the next week you're like, oh, I really want to apply to be on a bunch of podcasts so I can share this lead magnet. Sorry, babe, can't watch a movie with you tonight because I'm researching podcasts. Then like we're building a business where we're constantly in that state. So you can still research podcasts to, you know, share that landing page and share that opt-in. I think that's a great idea. But can you just do that during work hours? Does everything have to be so rushed and so important? So if you build your business around the idea that you can work all the time, that's just like a bad habit to get into. And that's the hustle that I feel like is starting to get into murky waters because you keep moving that goalpost. It's going to be a habit that you also keep moving the goalpost, right? So I want to talk about some times in my business where I've hustled. As I was saying, like, oh my gosh, I do hustle sometimes. Am I a poser for hosting the anti-hustle holiday series? But the anti-hustle holiday series is about just reminding people to take time off during the holidays because some people keep working. And sometimes you love what you do and I get that, but also just you need a break. Oh my gosh, I love quoting shows. I already did Save the Bell, but now I'm doing Dirty Dancing. Remember when Penny, she needs a break. Johnny Castle said, whatever. Let <laughs> me stop. You need a break. So that's what that is about. But the funny thing is that the Anti-Hustle Holiday Series does sort of have me hustling a little bit. And to be honest, next year, I'm probably going to do less because each year I've done at least 21 episodes and it's a lot. So for example, this year, I definitely told Matt a couple times, yeah, yeah, it's really hectic because I'm scheduling all these, those 21 episodes. They're like 10 minute episodes, but I'm chatty. So I probably stay on the call with them for probably 30 minutes. Like we're chatting at the beginning, maybe 20 minutes. And honestly, I've noticed that I don't promote it enough. Because by the time I finish editing all those, like putting them up, making all the graphics, doing all the things, I'm a little burnt out from making it. So next year, I am going to scale it back for sure, I think. Every year after I finish it, I'm like, I'm not going to do it next year. But I do love doing it. So maybe the, the answer is like, does it need to be 21? Could it be 12? Could it be 8? Who cares? Could it be 5? I don't know. I get to decide what it gets to be. 21 is a lot. So another time in my business when I hustled that I was thinking of was when I started selling custom gifts for $20 each. And I was doing it through my Instagram stories. I didn't even have a way to take money yet. Like I hadn't signed up for Thrivecart and people were paying me through Kofi. I think I'm saying that right. And I sold a bunch in a week and I was so excited. Like I hadn't really made much money in my business up until then. And I remember having to hustle to get them all done. People were like, okay, cool, 20 bucks a piece, I'll take five, here's $100. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and that was a week where I definitely worked some late nights. I remember working on gifts while we were kind of watching TV. And even though it was kind of a hustle, it was definitely like a jump start for me. And I realized $20 was not enough money for me to charge to make a custom gift. And gave me a confidence boost though. Like, oh my God, I'm busy. I'm like making stuff for people, paying clients. And it's awesome. So in that instance, it was kind of a hustle, but it was a great lesson. And it was like really empowering to me to be like, oh my gosh, I sold some stuff. Like I sold it for too cheap and that was kind of hard, but maybe next time they can be more, you know? And then maybe the time after that, they can be more. So I'm sure there's been other times and I know there will be times where I hustle again. 
For example, I really want to beef up the onboarding process for when new people join us in Content Playhouse. So I've launched Content Playhouse two times now and each time I get better at it, right? So I wanna think through all of that and map it out and make some videos or some forms or whatever else I need to make in order to feel really good about how I onboard them and make sure I'm like answering the questions people are asking me before they even have that question. So I can foresee that getting a little hustly, even though I have until March. So that's the other thing is when you are proactive and you know, it might not get hustly. As I'm talking it out, I can probably do all the things I want to do within my allotted business hours. Like to me, it, going outside of your normal, like what you consider your normal work hours or however many hours you want to work per week, whether that looks different each day or whatever, that starts to feel hustly for me. So I just think the longer I have my business, the less likely those things are to spill over into nights with my laptop because there's just less of a hurry because I sort of know what I'm doing a little more, you know? And in the beginning, you're working fast and hard and you're really trying to be profitable. Maybe it's so you can quit your day job or whatever, but there's urgency to it. And the longer I've been in business, the less urgency I feel about the things I do. Which brings me to my third idea, which is how can you build a business where you don't have to hustle, but you also don't exploit anyone else? So I'm going to dive into that after this quick break. All right, if you've been hustling in your business, you might be looking for a way to do less and still create an impact that leads to more sales. I got you, boo. My free audio course, Less Content, More Connection, is about releasing the pressure to do all the things and leaning into the things that will actually grow your business. Head to contentplayhouse.com to learn more and check it out. Okay, so how can you build a business where you don't have to hustle, but you don't exploit anyone else? That second part is the kicker because there's a lot of people who will tell you to just charge your clients more, right? That whole thing where you're like, how much do you wanna make? How many hours do you wanna work? Boom, magic, charge everybody $1,000. And they're not even talking about what you're offering, okay? I have a problem with that. I understand the math and you do have to think about that math. And for example, when I was charging $20 a gift, like based on what I wanna make in a year and how long it takes me to make a gift, gifts cannot be $20. But I would also argue that a custom gift is worth more than $20. So let's just make easy math. I'm doing easy math, this would not be my goal, but let's say I wanna make $1,000 a week making gifts, but I only wanna work for two hours on gifts per week. And then the person's like, okay, well, how long does it take you to make a gift? Oh, about an hour. Okay, cool, then each gift is $500. No, (laughs) that's the kind of math I'm talking about, where you're like, hold up, I don't think a gift can be $500. Number one, I don't think anybody's gonna pay me that. And number two, it's just not, that's not a thing. And that feels to me exploiting your clients. In other words, treating them like ATM machines. Like I only want to work 10 hours a week. So now all of a sudden this is worth a whole bunch more. And a lot of people justify that by saying, oh, but the outcome, like the magical outcome they might get from the thing I'm doing is what could be worth this. I could say, ooh, if you use that custom GIF and the right person sees it and that lands you a really big client, then that gift was totally worth $500. If this happens, if this happens, if this happens, then it's worth this. No, I say, what's the gift worth? 
I say, what do I need to make in a year? What's a salary that feels good to me that can still be like if you're thinking hourly rate could still be really high, you know, $250 an hour, $300 an hour. I'm not mad at that. Like as a former art teacher too, like artists make a painting and it sells for a ton of money. I'm not mad. But what I just get mad about is like a plumber. Like if the average, you know, you put in a toilet is this much, but this plumber only wants to work five hours a week. So he's going to charge triple what it costs to put in a toilet. It just feels like his customers are just, he's exploiting them and making up for that difference because he only wants to work a certain number of hours a week. Now, if a plumbing company wants to be like, when we come to your house, we're also going to clean your bathroom and we're also going to bring you flowers and we're also able to come on the weekends, da, 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 da. Like then that plumber's like a, a boutique plumber. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on a little tangent. Follow me. They're a boutique plumber and they can charge some more. But you can't just be like, well, I only want to work this much and I want to make this much. So who's going to give me this much money? You can. Of course you can. People do that all the time. That's not my jam. So that's like the one way I see that doesn't jive with me on people being like, well, I don't want to work a bunch. I don't want to hustle. So my clients will pay me more. So I don't have to hustle. That can't be the only reason they're paying you more. And it can't be a made up outcome. Those are my two rules. If it's because you're freaking good at what you do and that's you feel confident charging that price, get it, girl. But if not, if it's just because you only want to work and you know, you know in your heart, like if it's only because it's how much you want to work. Anyways, the second thing that doesn't jive with me on people trying to build an anti-hustle business is outsourcing all the work to people and paying them very little. Obviously, I get salty about this because I've been on the other end of that, right? If you've listened to my podcast, you've heard me talk about it. I worked for an agency that paid me very little, talked about how the last person, the last graphic designer left and left him in a lurch. Um, They paid me very little and they kept adding work and adding work and not adding pay. And meanwhile, the agency owner would be on social media talking about this life of freedom and wanting to coach people on how to build a scalable life of freedom, own an agency. And I'm like sitting there like, yeah, you pay me like nothing. And then I have to look at you on social media being rich and enjoying all the benefits of my labor that you're not paying me for. So obviously, yes, that would get you more money, right? You pay people very little and you don't have to do the work. So you're like, I only work 10 hours a week and I make all this money. It's because you're not paying your workers a fair wage. And I'm not saying every agency owner does that, not by a long shot. I'm just saying if that's the way you're thinking I'm going to hustle less and make more, I feel like you're the villain in that story. And I am not sorry about saying that. So check that. Just saying. Okay. So for me, the way you build a business where you don't hustle and you don't take advantage of people is one where you decide that the main goal of your business isn't to just make as much money as you can, just to take as much as you can, to grow as much as you can. It always reminds me of the Lorax, right? Just like chopping down those trees, like just have a nice little Christmas tree farm person in the Lorax who's cutting down all the trees. Like, why did you need to do all that? You did too much. It's extra when you could have just had a nice little business. So sometimes I actually tell my kids that they have a case of the mores. Like it's easy to do. You just want more, more, more. It is a product of the society we live in. So for my kids and they know what it means. Like sometimes I'm like, man, sounds like you just have a case of the mores because they are just like, 
oh, can I have this? You know, anybody who has gone to the store with their kid, like they just want all the things, even if it's not even cool. They just want something. They just want it. And I get it. But we try to have conversations about that at my house. Like for me, and maybe for you, really digging into how much is enough for you to have a life you love and just working towards that takes a ton of pressure off. I have a goal number in my head that if my business got there, I feel like we would definitely have enough. If I'm being honest, it might be a tad more than enough. So I also feel like I'm not the best at guesstimating numbers. So I personally erred on the side of caution when I was doing my dream budget and went a little bigger than I needed to, right? But if my kids end up needing braces, I'm going to be happy I did that, you know? Or maybe we get to donate a little more than we thought at the end of the year. Or maybe we need a new car sooner than we thought. Like, if I reach that goal number, I will be totally fine in living a life that I love. I mean, I'm lucky enough to live a life I love right now, but the life with that number will feel more secure for sure in terms of finances. I did a podcast episode with Bear a Bear called Anti-Capitalist Business Goals, How Much is Enough? It happened to be my most listened to episode according to my podcast, Spotify Unwrapped, but I think that's in large part due to Lauren O'Malley of Imperfect Network, who was like singing its praises all year long and sending the link to everybody she knows. So thank you, Lauren. You're the best. But in that episode, we chat about how much could be enough for you. And let me tell you, people might think that you're doing business wrong if you're not trying to grow all the time. Think about it. Everyone around us is like constantly trying to sell us things and give us tips on how to get more likes, more leads, more sales, more money, more team members. But that can all lead to a lot of hustle. So part of saying no to hustle is saying yes to the idea that you can choose to just have enough. And the second part of my dream plan is, and also I feel like I'm always like super transparent, so it feels weird I'm not saying it. So in my mind, if I grossed 250 grand in a year, that would be wildly successful to me. So I have been in meetings and workshops where we're in groups to like share our big, audacious, amazing goal. And I'm like 250. And the people are like, oh, I can just tell it's like, oh, that you're thinking small, like you have a money mindset issue. And that is not the case. I also don't need to sell $250,000 next year. That's not sustainable. That's not how I want to do it. Like, maybe I could do it faster. But I have like a five-year plan to do that. It's not imperative that I do that tomorrow. Literally, I can pay all my bills now. I'm happy. I can hang out with my kids. I love not working on my laptop at night. So also thinking about the pace at which you want to grow your business. You don't have to grow it overnight. And when you're first starting and you want to replace your income, like that episode with Phoebe Gavin, you might have to hustle a little to get to that place. But once you get there, you have all your stuff covered, can you break it up into like slow growth over a few different years and also know what is the number that's like the ultimate goal? And I I mean, if I'm being honest about the 250, like I'm not going to like fight tooth and nail. I'm not going to like change who I am to get to that, right? That would just be like, oh my God, that'd be awesome. So continuing to grow to that over the next five years feels very sustainable, slow growth. It's fine. When I launch Content Playhouse, I'm not like, okay, we need to get like 20 people in here every single time. Uh, uh, uh. I think over the five years to get to 250, like I could just add like four people every launch. 
that feels super awesome to me. I've beat that both of my launches so far, okay? So just setting yourself up so that you're not hustling. Like you don't have to hustle in order to grow the business of your dreams as long as the number isn't astronomically high just because some celebrity entrepreneur makes millions. Do you actually need millions? And as long as the timeline isn't like, we need this done by end of day, you know? How fast do you have to do it? And what is really the number you need to get to? And making sure that you don't move that goalpost. So for me, 250 is it. Peace. Done. If I get to 250 and I can chill and maintain, nailed it. Right? I want to make sure that I don't get to 250 and think, huh, 350 would be cool. And then I keep going and go. Like, I don't need to. 250 on my spreadsheet, based on where we live, based on what our mortgage is, based on all the things, it's going to be more than enough. And there's probably people listening being like, yeah, but wouldn't it be cool to have more? Sure. Play the lottery. You know what I mean? Like, play the lottery. It'd be cool. I'll take it from the universe. I don't want to take it from the time I spend with my family. I don't want to take it from hiring people and paying them less. I don't want to take it from people who I'm selling to. Like, where are you getting the money? Like, yes, universe, if you're listening, I'll take a winning lottery ticket. I mean, I guess I'd have to buy it, which I do do sometimes, not all the time. So sure, universe, I'm not saying don't shower me with free money, but in my business on paper, 250 over the next five years would be amazing. And like I said, if I don't reach that goal, that's fine, but I don't want to move that goalpost. So 250 is like my ultimate done. Okay, let me get off my soapbox. Let me step down for a second. (laughs) Also, since it's January, I wanted to put in, it feels like it fits in this episode. Like I don't normally do words of the year. The last word of the year I did and like kind of maintained consistently was fuck it, (laughs) where I would just be like nervous about something and be like, meh, fuck it, let me do it anyways. So that one stuck around for a while and still is honestly kind of a mantra in my head. But this year, and actually let me just shout out Julie Brown's podcast called This Shit Works because we did an episode on my fuck it mantra So if you want to hear more about that story, (laughs) head over to Julie Brown's podcast. But right now I want to tell you about how I joined Waffles and Work, hosted by my friend Raina Willick for 2024. So I signed up for the full year of this awesome co-working called Waffles and Work. And in December, we sat down to sort of reflect on our 2023 and think about where we want to focus our energy in 2024. And Raina's super cool about like work-life balance. So we definitely looked at our whole lives and not just our business. Like I went there ready to talk just business. And I was like, what was I thinking? That's not Raina's thing. And it's funny because actually my health was like number one for me. I think I want more energy. I want to just whatever. I want to work more on my health. Maybe that should be an episode in the future. Anyways, here are the things that I kind of kind of came up for me in terms of my business. And I want to work on being more patient, persistent, and predictable in my business. And when I was writing, like thinking about this episode, I thought those three words kind of go with anti-hustle, right? It doesn't have to be overnight. So we're being patient. We're like staying the course of what we think we should do. So we're being persistent and predictable is just like, I'm working these hours and I'm stopping. Those three words also, when when they were kind of coming up for me, first of all, obviously I love that they're all P words. I love a, I love a, what is that called? Alliteration. But also they don't don't sound like a lot of fun coming from me, right? (laughs) Like content, playhouse, blah, 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 creativity, fun. But 
as Raina and I and the rest of the people in the group worked through our stuff, I realized that I want to give some of my creative energy to the things I do outside of my business. Like just draw for fun or paint or make shrinky dinks. You know, like just be carefree with my art making outside of my business. I put a lot of creativity into my business. And next year, I feel like I've done that a lot. I've infused a lot of creativity in my business. So I just want to focus on being persistent and patient and predictable, like just continuing to do the things that I've already set up in my business that I really do think are fun. It's just sometimes I make up new things just to create. And I want to try to focus that outside of work. So I'm intentionally just trying to refine what I've created in my business um, and be patient that it's going to work. Stop changing things so much. And I think that for sure is going to help me hustle way less too in 2024. So what about you? How can you hustle less in 2024? What does that look like for you? And I'm actually curious, like this is not a rhetorical question. I would love to know. So feel free to reach out over on Instagram or email me. I am here for the conversations. Okay, see you next time. Thanks for listening to Big Fun Content. If you like what you heard today, think about pushing that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Also, I would love it if you would leave me a review so more people could find me. Wink, wink. And last but not least, if you want to remain in my world and get some really fun emails in your inbox, head over to deannaseymour.com newsletter to join my email list. See you next time.